Pastor Xavier Ruiz and the assurance of salvation. The payments at the cross, the receipt was given at the tomb. You have a death on the cross with no resurrection, the cross is null and void. But when you have the payment at the cross and you have the raising of Christ, you have the receipt. He has given assurance of this that all by raising him from the dead. Who he do it for? You and I. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Right around New Year's Day is the time people give thought to some new resolutions for their life. Maybe it's to lose weight, get a better job, or become a better person. Yet how often do we take steps to make sure we're assured a life of eternity in heaven? Let's join Pastor Xavier for today's Simple Truths as he shares the secret to a path of guaranteed salvation. Romans chapter 3, we're going to look at verses uh, 21 through 31 in the message entitled, Jesus, God's Righteous Provision. Paul now proclaims the righteousness of God for the justification of sinners by faith in Jesus Christ revealed by the following. First, verse 21 through 23, the incredible provision of the righteousness of God. The incredible provision. Notice verse 21. The apostle Paul declares that there was an accepted righteousness at the present time now. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Notice the righteousness made available is the doing of God the Father. The person to be the channel of righteousness for God is Jesus Christ. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The means is through faith. In verse 24, the Apostle Paul declares what it meant to believe and accept the righteousness of God by the Father's provisions. Listen to his words. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Paul says it means to be justified before God. The word justified means to be acquitted or be freed from the past charges and penalty of sin in one's life. Being a legal court term here. We're here before the divine court again as we were in Isaiah. You're acquitted. This is the first time God's righteousness is identified with the justification here in the epistle. The word appears six times in this chapter and eight more times in the rest of the book. The word comes from the same root word as to show or to be right. Just, justification, righteous, righteousness. They all have the same root. All those words are tied together. Notice God does not make me righteous. This is important. But rather accounts me righteous as if I never had sinned. After he declares me justified through his righteousness, I still sin. So he doesn't make me righteous. He accounts me righteous for believing what he said. You understand? Paul puts it this way in the next chapter, verse 24 and 25. It shall be imputed, and that's what it is, imputed righteousness. Imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus the Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. He did it completely. Now notice Paul stated the means by which one is justified. Freely by his grace. The word freely, Dorian, means as a gift. At no cost to man, nor man is he providing any form of. Of work. 
And the word grace accompanies that. It means unmerited favor. Undeserved. The twofold description freely and by grace emphasizes that man incurs no cost of his own, nor provides any works for his justification. It is through faith in Jesus. Nothing else. Now look at 25. The Apostle Paul describes the payment for the redemption that justifies sinners before God. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith. The payment was made by the Father in the person of the Son. Make sure you understand that. The pronoun whom refers back to Jesus Christ in the previous verse, the second person of the Trinity. And the person offering his Son is God, Theos, the Father. The first person of the Trinity. And the payment had a designed purpose. Jesus was set forth by the propitiation. Big word. We'll get to it. The phrase set forth means to set before with the set purpose and plan in mind. God never does anything by accident. There's a design. There's a purpose. Two other times the word is found in the New Testament. And it's translated purposed. Romans 1.13 and Ephesians 1.19. Now notice the proposed plan was to make payment for the sins of the world on the cross in and through the death of the person of Jesus Christ's son in a public manner that all could witness. Make no mistake, the transaction that took place at Calvary, at Golgotha, was real. It wasn't a lie. There was a transaction going on for the payments of the sins of the world so that sinners could approach God. Wow. Notice the token. The token of the payment was the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood. The token of the sacrifice of the Old Testament was the blood of animals. The type of the truth of the Lamb of God to come. John 1, The life of the flesh was in the blood and God gave it as an atonement upon the altar of sin. Leviticus 17, 11. Apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Hebrews 2, 9, tells us. And so the blood of Jesus was sinless. Because he was conceived through the Holy Spirit, Matthew one twenty three tells us. We know that the blood of the mother and the child, and if you're a doctor, you know this, never mixes at all. He did not inherit sin. Jesus was free from sin nature that was inherited from the first Adam. In fact, let me tell you what the testimony is in heaven about Jesus. This should be the testimony of the earth. Listen to Revelation 5 9. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you have you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. The appropriation of the benefit in the blood of Jesus forgives my sin through faith. And the word faith, once again, is the same as in verse 22, having the conviction of what is true, believing what God has. Revealed in his word, the assured conviction that what God reveals about the efficacious work of his son on the cross through his blood is able to forgive me of my sin and make me one with God. He took the wrath of God for me. He died in my place. And that's why Paul will say in chapter 5 verse 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Through him. There's a great benefit that comes with the blood. Now notice. 
25, the rest of it down to 26. The Apostle Paul declared the overarching purpose of God in the sacrifice of his son on the cross to vindicate his righteous character. Paul says God the Father vindicated his holiness in view, don't miss it, the past sins, past sins first. Listen to the words. To demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. All those in the Old Testament. God by a sacrifice of his son on the cross as the payment for the sins of the world cleared himself of any charges of not judging sin in a just manner. In view of his holiness by the judgment of sin resulted in the death of Jesus, which the law required. It was judged and Jesus died. There was a, a real transaction going on. The word demonstrated means to show, reveal, to give proof. The word appears three times in the New Testament. Romans 3.36, 2 Corinthians 8.24, and Philippians 1.28. This was no lie that happened at Calvary, but a legitimate legal transaction before the court of heaven. God was absolving himself of any violation of his holy demands for sin due to his forbearance, that word he mentions there. Of all the sins committed in the Old Testament saints that were temporarily covered by the blood of animal sacrifice as a promissory note, the word cover. In Hebrew, kofar means exactly that. It was a promissory note for the payment to come. When someone balances their books and they have promissory notes, IOUs, they don't deceive themselves thinking that's money. It's a promise of the money to come. But they count those IOUs as cash to balance their drawer. And when they give those promissory notes back and they receive the cash for that, their drawer will still balance, but they never deceive themselves the difference between an IOU and the cash on payment. Calvary was cash on payment. <laughs> the blood of bulls was IOUs. You understand? All the Old Testament sacrifices were in faith, covering the sins, looking forward to the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, as John the Baptist said in John one twenty nine. The forbearance of God means the patient toleration for repentance and use one other time in the New Testament. We read it in chapter 2 verse 4 of Romans. Or, or do you despise the riches of all his goodness? Forbearance. There it is. And long suffering not knowing the goodness of God leads you to what? Repentance. That's what God is looking for. So he is very, being very patient. About the repentance of the Old Testament saints. To have full forgiveness. When the Lamb of God came. Paul told the Athenians, if you remember in Acts chapter 17, 29 through 31, he says, therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, idolatry, something shaped by art or man's devising. Truly these things or these times of ignorance got overlooked, but now commends all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man who he has ordained. He has given assurance of this, that all by raising him from the dead. 
the payments at the cross, the receipt was given at the tomb. If you have a death on the cross with no resurrection, the cross is null and void. But when you have the payment at the cross and you have the raising of Christ, you have the receipt. It's a gospel. It's a coin with two heads. You got tails on one side, head on the other. It's a full coin. Now look at 26. Paul says, God the Father vindicated his holiness in view of the present sins. Now he's covered the past. Now how about the present? To demonstrate at, this, at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and to justify the one who has faith in Jesus. So God the Father once again demonstrates, shows and reveals and provides the proof on the cross of his present righteous justice. Effective reality of judging sin and making fellowship possible with God regarding the sinner without compromising his holiness. Jesus literally became sin for me. Jesus literally was judged by the Father. Jesus literally died. The law was fulfilled. Wow. He cried out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me in Psalm 22.1. Two verses down in verse 3, he gives you the answer why the Father turned his back on him. But you are holy. And since God cannot look upon sin or iniquity with condolence or acceptance, he must, he had to pour his wrath on his son. And in a way that we don't understand and never will in the sight of heaven, the son was separated from the father for the first time. And he literally died and made the payment for the sins of the world. Wow. Who do you do it for? Ungodly people. You and I. Now you understand why it's by grace? Now you understand why you have nothing to do with it? Man. God the Father provided at the cross all the evidence he needed to verify two things. That he was just, right and correct, perfect in his justice. And secondly, that he is the justifier of any person who has faith in Jesus. The object and person of our faith. This is the irrefutable process for the righteousness of God, for the justification of sinners. Irrefutable. Therefore, the only thing left is proclaim it. <laughs> if everything's done, what do you do? You proclaim it. That's the third and last point. Notice the irrevocable proclamation of the righteousness of God. 27 through 31. In verse 27, the Apostle Paul declared that no sinner can ever claim any participation in the provisions of God's righteousness for their own justification before God. Paul continues his diatribe here. To those Jews who might still object that sinners cannot be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. And so he asks some rhetorical questions here, exalting the righteous provisions of God the Father. He says, first he gives the impossibility and he states it. Where is the boasting then? It is excluded. Literally, it is shut out, prevented from approaching. Then follows the improbability, which is affirmed. By what law? Of works? No. Then the inevitability is confirmed. But by the law of faith. When you understand the transaction that took place, this is the only conclusion you can come to. Paul comes to the concluding answer. Verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith Apart from the deeds of the law. Faith is the provision of God's Son 
for the justification of sinners. He says it in verse 20, 24, and 28. Three times. Faith, justification, righteousness. They're all tied together. Faith rests completely on the propitious work of Jesus on the cross for the justification of one's own sins. And then Paul says in 29 and 30, he declares that there is only one God who justifies the entire human race. Paul again asks some rhetorical questions that have obvious answers to validate his point of truth. The idea of exclusiveness is dismissed. Or is he the God of the Jews only? No answer is given. Why? Because the rhetorical question has only one answer. No! The answer would be no. The fact of inclusivism is emphasized. Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes. The Gentiles also. Then Paul gives the key reason to verify that God is the God of both the Jew and the Gentile. Making them one. God will justify the circumcision by faith since the Jew came by faith in the covenant of promise, the Old Testament. And then God will justify the uncircumcision through faith since the Gentile came through the new economy, the New Testament. But if you go all the way back to Genesis 12, 3, what did God tell Abraham? He said this, In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The Gentiles were always included from the beginning. The timing was different, but they were always included. Wow. There's only one God. There isn't a God that created the Mexicans, a God that created the, the Asians. There's one God. Common denominator. We're creating the image and likeness of God. Perfect, but then we blew it. It's like taking milk, a perfectly healthy, nutritious element, but we can ruin it real quickly. We can put chocolate in it, put strawberry in it, pick your poison. But you ruin the milk. You can be brown, you can be black, you can be white, you can be red, you can be pink, blue, whatever you want. You're still a sinner. Wow. And you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. One creator. You didn't evolve, I guarantee you. There isn't enough time. For the simple cell to evolve. Give yourself billions, trillions, quadrillions of years. <laughs> it can never happen. It's a closed system. Everything has to be there for it to function. It cannot be added on in progressiveness. The only thing fertile is people's minds. The Apostle Paul declared that faith honors the law. As the final goal. It's the finish line. The final rhetorical question, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. Perish the thought, God forbid. The we is a Christian. The Christian does not nullify the law nor ignore it. We recognize that accuses us, we're guilty. But we recognize the law's demands have been met by Jesus Christ on the cross. So it isn't made null and void, it's fulfilled. He died in my person. The final conclusion is, on the contrary, we established the law. We again, here's the Christian, and the Christian establishes, means to make to stand, in other words, to uphold and confirm the demands of the law of Moses. The law said a sinner was guilty and animals would be the substitute, so the animal would die. Jesus was the fulfillment of all that. He took upon our guilt and sin, and he died. 
And therefore the transaction before the court of heaven was a legal payment to set the captives free. Wow. And that is why Paul says, I'm ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's a power gone to salvation of the Jew first and to the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. He's quoting the prophet Habakkuk 2.4. Wow. He tells the Galatians in Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus was crucified on a tree. The cross. Wow. The salvation of man is a love invitation of God to sinful man. The justification of sinners by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross is the fulfillment of all that the Old Testament spoke about. For in him, God made him to be sin that we may be made the righteous of God in him. He knew no sin, but he was made sin for us that you and I might become the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Now who do you think got the best deal? But what he did, he did out of love. Not duty or compulsion. Ephesians 2, 13 through 16 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, Jew and Gentile. And has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments, ordinance, that are contained, so as to create in him one new man, Jew and Gentile, from the two, Thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God, Jew and Gentile, in one body, through the cross, thereby putting enmity to death. That plaque there in the Gentile court, you pass behind it, you're dead. All of that's removed. Jew and Gentile, one. Amazing. And that's why the book of Hebrews gives us appropriate conclusion. Listen to Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Therefore... Conclusion, brethren, having boldness to enter the holy as by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He's done it all. You don't get to go into a holy of holies on the earth. You get to go before the throne of God anytime you want. Two in the morning, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. doesn't matter. He has opened the way for you. New and living way. Wow. This is the irrevocable proclamation of the righteousness of God by faith to justify sinners. What a ray of hope out of all this darkness. Here comes this just massive sharp light. Paul has proclaimed the righteousness of God for the justification of sinners by faith in Jesus Christ. Revealed by the incredible provision of the righteousness of God for sinners. How incredible it is. By the irrefutable process of the righteousness of God for the justification of sinners. And it was clearly in public. And by the irrevocable proclamation of the righteousness of God by faith to justify the sinner. No one can say it's not real, that it doesn't work. It is irrefutable. It's open to all. If you don't know Jesus Christ, it's open to you. You have all the right to go to hell, but you really don't have to go there. 
believe it or not, you can go to heaven. And God would love to have you in heaven. As you trust him. For your justification. Pastor Xavier Reese. And the greatest gift of all. And available for all. And if you'd like a copy of today's study to dig deeper. Or a copy to pass on to a friend. It's titled, Jesus, God's Righteous Provision. You can request a CD for just $4. And this includes everything we heard the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title to ask for is, Jesus, God's Righteous Provision. Or simply mention today's date when you write, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 